Hi, Vicky. Hi, Shane. When you think of radiation as much as one does in their everyday right. lives, what comes to mind? Is radon the same as radiation? Vicky, don't stop. No, the answer is no. I was going to say, don't ask me questions I don't know the answer to. The answer but is it's not. It's not the same thing. I pro- see, this is the thing. See, I, now we don't know. Okay, I know. Because that's what came to mind. Because, oh. Well, what I know, I mean, people get radon and stuff in their basements, and that's bad, right. but it's not right. radiation bad. It's not radiation We'll do some bad. digging and come back to this. Okay, yeah, we'll um, figure it out. Okay, so you think of something that may or may not have anything to do with radiation. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, <laughs> I I think of the Incredible Hulk. Have you oh. ever Have you ever read comics or watched the shows or any of the movies and the Marvel stuff? Yes, I know the Incredible Hulk. Okay. Um, not watched the comics, but have you seen the watched She-Hulk the ones? Comics. Oh, watch the comics. You've watched the, the comics. comics. Have I seen? Have you the show? She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love the show. Did you see oh, the show? You? Just the coming attractions. I can't get like it's. It makes me giggle. You didn't. So so you brought it up to make a point, and then you didn't even end up watching the show. Oh, I didn't bring it up to make any kind of point. Oh. I almost never bring things up to make points. You were just curious. I was just, it just came into my head. So it came s- out of my mouth. I have to say, I, I i like Marvel stuff. I watch the movies and the shows uh-huh. and all of that. And I have thoughts on Hulk, whatever. But She-Hulk, I actually really liked She-Hulk. I think hmm. I, I wasn't really, well, here's the thing. I like good entertainment and, or <laughs> I like entertainment, good or otherwise. I think the... I wasn't really a comics person. I think the gender politics in the comics weren't great, honestly. Sure. I, a lot of right. things in the comics weren't great, yeah. frankly. But the show, for, say what you will about it, it sure. did a really good job at addressing some of those kind of like historic issues in a really poignant, but yet I think like fun and entertaining way. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad we had this opportunity to talk about She-Hulk. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm I'm excited you actually brought it up. I was going to bring it up first. So look at us. We're on the same yeah. wavelength today. Science is fascinating. But don't just take my word for it. Join us as we hear stories from scientists for everyone. I'm Shane Hanlon. And I'm Vicki Thompson. And this is Third Pod from the Sun. I really love the idea of the fact that in the prompt i had actually written down where that mm-hmm. i wanted to talk about she hulk and vicky you just you just, just brought it up unprompted just out with it oh my gosh just look out at, with it look at us uh but we yeah. should we should move from kind of my nerdy nerd fandom corner uh <laughs> and we'll get back to science corner for this episode <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to go rogue and just do nerdy nerd Marvel nerd. No, no. There's there's enough okay. of those kind of like fandom podcasts out there. And sure. I, I listen to many of them. And honestly, I don't think AGU would be too happy about me just turning this into a Marvel podcast. Sure. Uh, we don't need that. But we are here today to talk about radiation. That's where we started. So okay. there, there is a tie-in here. Okay. And I know how happy it makes you to connect seemingly unconnected topics. Oh, I, I love a segue. It brings me so much joy. So with that, let's get into it. Our interviewer was Jason Rodriguez. My name is Priya. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. And uh, my position is a uh, 
astrophysicist and nuclear engineer. I build and develop radiation detectors to detect neutrons and gamma rays. And also I study and analyze cosmic ray data to understand better the chemical composition of the galaxy. That's great. And within all that, what what exactly, if you could if you could sum it down, what exactly do you do in all of that? So I actually do two separate things. Uh, one part is the engineer part where I am building radiation detectors. And so these are mostly employed of, for example, I'll give you an example. So we all know about lightning and stuff, or we think we know. But recently we found out that lightnings also emit gamma radiation but we don't know anything about it. So one of the things we're doing right now is we're making a building a detector and we're flying it on an airplane above the Caribbean where we know there will be lightning strikes in. So we want to study the gamma radiation coming from lightning and also to understand what exactly is happening within lightning, which a lot of it we actually do not know. So I, the, my job would be to build those radi- uh, gamma radiation detector and put it on board the plane and make sure it works. I was reading something that you said, I have a quote here. You say, I'm trying to build a good pair of eyeglasses so the galaxy becomes less blurry. So what's so important about understanding these cosmic rays and what you're studying? So if we look at, say, 1930s, when the golden age of physics was happening, there were a lot of new discoveries, like new particles, new laws. I mean, Einstein's greatest laws and stuff. And those are the biggest discoveries that sort of gave us a picture of what could be out there. But we still didn't know, like, suppose people predicted there could be things like a black hole and all. But now, so cosmic rays, these are just charged particles. Like, so you have the periodic table, all the elements on the periodic table. So they're strewn all over the galaxy. And so an event happens, like say a supernova or death of a star, they emit these highly charged particles from all over the periodic table. And so we collect these data. Some of them we collect on Earth. Some of them we collect from the ISS. And so these detectors collect this cosmic radiation. And so when we study how much of a certain element is there, like suppose iron 56, we try to see how much of iron there is, how much of, say, zinc there is. And that can give us an idea of how these elements were or distributed across the galaxy. And then we can tell, okay, so this much of iron exists or this much of zinc exists. Vicky, how much iron do you think exists in our galaxy? <laughs> what a wild question to ask somebody. I w- <laughs> your face. <laughs> I just got whiplash. Uh, what? <laughs> what? How dare you ask me that? No, seriously, how much? What are we, what are we talking about here? What even like unit of measurement are you going to uh, give me for no, this? No, I don't know. Are I we mean, talking about like cubic hmm. feet of iron? <laughs> in the galaxy. In the so galaxy. I feel like... Like four Earths worth. Oh, that's that's. I don't really, know. I, that's I have no idea either. But that's really good social math. That's that's a Thank unit you. of measurement that could. Yeah, that's good communication right there. Thanks. Uh, yeah. In all fairness, I don't even know how much iron exists inside of me. So <laughs> I will just I'll leave those bigger questions to Priya. But we were wondering how, or frankly, why did she even get into asking those big questions? 
And so how, how did that land you at NASA? Actually, it's funny because I was not going to come to NASA. I was oh. uh, I, I got a job at Berkeley Lab where I really did want to go because I had a set project there and I knew the people there. But my advisor uh, did not wish for me to take that job. And so I ha- had to actually uh, look for something else. But luckily, I found NASA and it was the perfect project for me because I it was an amalgamation of all the skills that I had learned up to up till then. And I could also fulfill my dream of being a space, well, well, not a space scientist, but working in astrophysics in some manner. So that's how I ended up at NASA. I, I actually, my uh, mom helped, sort of helped me get the job because uh-huh. I told her that I was very interested in doing something in astrophysics finally. And so my parents are both very supportive. So my mom, she lo- she keeps searching the internet and she's like, hey, would you be interested in this? And then I emailed the person who was on that job list, the scientist, and she's my boss now. Wow. Thanks, mom. So you just send a, a cold email and then here you are? I mean, yes, she interviewed me and everything, but yes. Have you ever had a parent help you out with a job, getting a job in a job? Yeah, actually, my mom got me, I, I would say got me, my first like office internship oh. when I was in college. Yeah, at Where a book publisher. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, I loved it. Oh. I really did. Yeah, it was fun. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Growing up, I I definitely... I definitely had an assist. I, I worked on mm-hmm. a neighbor's ranch. I've probably talked about this before. But basically, I was a legacy employee. I'm four of four right. in my family. I have three brothers. Yeah. And so I was the fourth one to work on this ranch. Yeah. So you you had to or they had to let you? Oh, interesting. No, I basically think I had to. It was just some of the some of my brothers worked longer there than others, but it was just assumed that you were going to go work work at the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you do anything on the ranch that you're super proud of? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I get I don't I I I mowed a I I was yeah. I was really great at mowing and weed eating. Like I I was weed fantastic eating. at uh, weed eating, weed whacking. I don't know what people call it these yeah. days. Uh, but I never did anything that quite stacks up to some of the stuff that Priya has done. So I was on an internship at Idaho National Lab and. Me and my boss, we invented a very novel, first of its kind, quantum dot neutron detector. And it's like the first neutron detector which employs quantum dots, which is a very new frontier in technology. Uh, Like quantum dots are on TV. It makes your TV screens brighter. And, you know, but we're using it as a neutron detector and we're using it for security purposes, like to detect materials like, like, bombs and stuff but like this could be this could be of far more efficient detectors than the type of materials we use right now and so we just patented it two months ago so i'm I'm, that is like a very big professional achievement for me congratulations Um, thank you thank you so much i would be happy to tell you more about it if anybody if anyone's ever interested in it but personally i think uh what was it what was it called 
It's called Shine. Mm. It's it's actually gel detector, so it can be made into any shape and size that the ap- application requires, which is also a first. And it's yeah, it has quantum dots, which are so small; they're on nanoscale level mm. that their properties. They're so small; their properties are actually si- size dependent. So, depending on the na- nanoparticle size, you can change their properties and color properties, the colors they emit. And so the radiation, basically, the, the neutron, neutrons or gamma radiation basically is turned into light. Wow. Um, and so I think it will be a very big new technology, given that it's far more efficient than regular scintillator detectors, which is a, a very common gamma radiation detector and neutron detector as well. But also the fact that it can, it's like a shape shifter, it can change shapes. Oh, wow. So based on whatever application you want. So I think that's going to be a huge uh, new technology. And yeah. even though I don't work on it anymore, because I no longer work there, mm. I still talk about it to people and give talks about it. When I first moved to the US to do uh, nuclear engineering, I think my friends and family were a little concerned that I would be around radiation all the time. And so and so was I, because I was going to be around gamma ray sources and neutron sources all the time. So I think, like, they were a little concerned. But as I kept studying the field, and I also did advocate, I, I also did a lot of advocacy for nuclear energy. Mm. So slowly over time, I think my friends and family, they not only know that I'm not in any danger, they fully understand the benefits of nuclear energy. And I think they have gone around telling their friends and family about nuclear energy, about its benefits, about how it's not as scary as like a comic book would portray it. So what makes this important to you, this this sort of change in narrative on nuclear energy? So when I first started out in 2015, a lot of nuclear power plants, especially in the U.S., were actually being shut down. Some of the reasons are obviously economic, and building a nuclear power plant is actually very expensive, like starting it and building it, the infrastructure cost. But the energy itself is actually very cheap once it's built, and it's also very, very safe But accidents like the Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, Fukushima, they have sort of had a negative impact on how public view nuclear energy. And a lot of people have been a little wary of it, wary of having their energy supplied from nuclear energy or having nuclear power plants in their country. But it really isn't as dangerous as has been portrayed or has been communicated. And so I think it is very important that we do significantly have more nuclear power plants because um, solar and all the renewables, they're not very reliable. Like what if you have a cloudy day or what if you don't have wind or areas that don't have wind or obviously coal and everything, they are non-renewable. But nuclear energy is actually very, very clean. It's actually cleaner than e- even renewables uh, like solar and wind. 
And so it, I think it is important that people learn to trust nuclear, like the science of nuclear energy without, without having to understand like the little details about atomic physics, but people need to trust it, mm. uh, which at this point, a lot of people don't. So I think it would be great for people to be more trustful. So anything anyone can do, advocacy uh, would, be, would be great. So yeah. I think, yeah, that's why I would, I would like to do I did add some advocacy for it. I feel like nuclear isn't talked about in the same way, like solar or wind. Right. And and like Priya mentioned, it's probably because the stigma associated with the, the handful of really well-known disasters. I mean, Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania happened only a couple of hours from where we are right now. But it's not going away. And it's a good reminder. And it's good to have folks Mm -hmm. like Priya to communicate the facts rather than people like us talking about, I don't know, like Hulk or Godzilla (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You use us pretty liberally there. I don't, I think... I, I don't want to be included in the us. Okay, fair. Just me. People like me using things like Hulk and Godzilla. I, I guess I just really like a good story. And as it turns out, so does Priya. I'm also a fiction writer. I used to I used to write for a newspaper, nonfiction, when I was back in India. Hmm. Uh, I used to write for a paper, but after I moved here, I've been a little preoccupied with my PhD. But now that I have a job, I'm I'm kind of getting back into it, and I'm gotten back to writing fiction. I'm waiting for to publish. Nice. What what kind of fiction can I ask? Yeah, I write in the magic realism genre. Yes. Uh, and I I like to write about like the human mind mm. and how we how we work, how we react to certain situations, why we react to certain situations. Just about the human mind and how interesting and non-interesting people operate. I even know somebody who came from fashion designing into science because that person worked on a lot of fabrics, uh, different kinds of fabrics in his fashion designing time. And then when he moved to science, he was working with a particular type of fabric that could help generate energy. I'm not sure exactly how, but such a transition is even more extreme. (laughs) But it's fascinating because why would you want to always think, oh, physics, I should be in physics or this uh, or, you know, so interchanging fields. I find that very fascinating. I feel like I'm the opposite of the person that Priya was was talking about that she knows. I transitioned from science into podcasting, or I guess at least partially. Right, but there's room for both things, like both sides of your brain. Yeah, no, I mean, I I hope so at least. And I still, I love science. I get to learn about things every day. And and honestly, I I sat in. I was um I was in the background for this interview. I was running the the tech uh, while Jason and Priya were talking, and it was super interesting. I was especially like learning a bunch of things when I was listening to interviews for folks as interesting as Priya. So most of our galaxy is 80, more than 80% is made of hydrogen. And and then there is a bit of helium. So so if you look at the periodic table, there's hydrogen, helium, and then all sorts of other elements in ascending order of weight. So we know hydrogen, we know helium, we know boron, carbon, and but we know lesser 
of what's going on with these elements in which are higher weight and if once we get to know what uh like what amount of these higher elements are we will get to know for example iron if we do find a good percentage of iron which is also quite heavy weight we will be able to uncover further the mechanisms of say a supernova so we know a, a lot about it but there's a lot we don't know so uh, there was a scientist i forgot who it was who said that all the discoveries in discoveries in science has already been made what we need now is more precise data because again the picture we have we do have a picture it's a very blurry picture and so we're trying to get more accurate data of these higher elements so that we can get a much more cleaner picture actually right now i don't know if you have the same issue with my video but uh, i think my internet's bad and i see a very blurry image of you <laughs> and that's and that's what we see on right now of the galaxy i we have a very blurry vision vision but if the internet works i will see you clearly again <laughs> and that's and that's what our detector right now that's going to go up to iss is going to try to do it's going to try to make it less blurry that's that's that's, that's lovely and and what what what's the what's the what's the hope of getting this more crisp picture out of it out of the universe what do you mean what's well, the, the, hope? the 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 what why is why is it so important to see it in such a broad spectrum and not so blurry? What are, what are we hoping to truly understand? Or what, what is um, the project trying to find, I suppose? Again, a greater understanding, because we have a limited understanding of what's there in the galaxy. We don't we don't know a, like we don't know a lot of processes and not only we do we not know what processes there are like the cosmic rays in coming from wherever their origin is like say the supernova in coming to being between there and being detected at our detector on earth or on the, on the on, on orbit there's a lot of things happening in the middle to those cosmic radiation whatever it goes through and we do not know a lot of those mechanisms like is it accelerating is it getting deflected somewhere else is it diffusing we have very less idea and so this will give us an idea of a little clearer image of what might be happening okay so shane as a self-proclaimed lover of science and knowledge would you like to expand on the work that Bri is doing like to yeah able to <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. So I imagine that Priya had some advice on how best to work together to keep doing some really great science. Culturally, I think that you know, different parts of the world treat science very differently, like their approach is very different. And I think it would be, I mean, it, it not, not like it doesn't happen right now, but I think it would be even better if this was a more common thing to do but to hire people from places or from experiences where we generally would not pick someone from like for example somebody say who's not had much education in science or does not even have the means to have education in science but is very intelligent in day-to-day -day matters um um or is good with people problems i think there should be a large scale effort to pluck people from very you know remote corner corners of the world because they probably have some kind of insight that we don't at all 
and that would hopefully help us move forward. I love this idea of looking outside our circles to find the best folks for the job. I mean, it sounds intuitive as the words lead my mouth, but honestly, I don't know how often this happens. Yeah, I mean, on a much smaller scale, maybe less important scale, I guess. I don't know. You asked me to be your co-host and I'm not a science communicator. Oh, not on a smaller scale. It means so much to me, Vicky. Uh, true. Yeah, sure. That's true from a from a I guess um, profession level. But you're mm. you're especially great at calling me on my BS, and that's probably a more necessary skill to have. Frankly, it's half my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you say that with such relish. Yeah. Oh, well, before uh, before we bring you too much glee, uh, let's wrap it up. So with that, that's all from Third Pod from the Sun. Special thanks to Jason Rodriguez for conducting the interview and to NASA for sponsoring the series. This episode was produced by me with audio engineering from Colin Warren and artwork by Karen Romano-Young. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please rate and review us and you can find new episodes on your favorite podcasting app or at thirdpodfromthesun.com. Thanks all, and we'll see you next week. About radon. About radon, because we we were going to come back to it, and we never came back to it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Did you go back to it? Did you, like, look it up? Yeah. So I did some Googling, and from the CDC, radon is an odorless, invisible, radioactive gas naturally released from rocks, soil, and water. Radon can get into homes and buildings through small cracks or holes and build up in the air. Over time, breathing in high levels of radon can can cause lung cancer. So you're right. (laughs) Sorry, I just, I I didn't know what to say at the end. I'm so cheery Lung about this, uh, this really terrible thing. Um, so, so, well, I think, I bet you, so I'm in my basement, my studio is in my basement, and our... Um, Do you have a mitigation system? No, but oh. uh, the smoke detector we have down here is also a radon detector um, and and other things. And it's the, uh, I guess our whole house should be like this. I don't know. We When we moved in, it was like this. But it's the only one that is, um, it has more than a battery. It's actually looped into our power system. Uh, because, oh, okay. like, so... I mean, fires are bad, obviously, right. but yeah, for um, detecting like gas and radon and things like that is yeah. especially bad if you're breathing it in over time. So not a mitigation system. And I, I, growing up, I know we had a little bit of an issue with radon. We had to do something, but I think yeah. like underground basements, they're just supposed to have detectors for it. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, I live in Maryland and I know there's, it's super common in Maryland. So yeah. Um, Like our house has a mitigation system and actually like something's wrong with our gauge right now. So that's pretty cool. How does it, how, what is the mitigation? Uh, Or I might, I hope, I wonder if I'm calling it the wrong thing now that you asked me that. We'll just Um, add it to another episode. Yeah. We'll just keep like, it's a thing that goes on the ground and it, then it goes out of the house. Oh, it might be like a pump of some sort or something like that. Yeah. Like maybe it just like, 
lets it out because like it vents it. Yeah. Look how much we're learning. Yeah, I still don't feel like I know. <laughs> but <laughs> cool. that's that. Let's we're done learning for today. Okay. All right. No more of that.